0: China's response to the, this latest coronavirus was a disgrace. They tried to cover it up. They, in effect, to uh, be blunt, killed the doctors who were uh, trying to uh, bring it to uh, the attention of the authorities and to the world. And uh, they, they, they tried to just wash their hands of it and pretend it didn't happen. And they have, uh, talk about chutzpah, to blame us for this uh, just is uh, too much. You're listening to Code Red with Secure America Now, the largest national security grassroots army.
1: Welcome to the Code Red Podcast. My name is Alan Raw. Today we are pleased to have with us Steve Forbes, Chairman and Editor in Chief of Forbes Media. Steve, welcome. Good to be with you. Thank you, Alan. As we begin this conversation, America and the world are fighting the spreading coronavirus. Victims of this virus include the international and American economies. Steve, recently you published at Forbes.com an article titled Urgent Steps for the COVID-19 Batted Economy. Steve, can you summarize the economic agenda you feel America must adopt to write out this economic crisis?
0: Yes, uh, because this crisis was uh, caused by the virus, not any economic fundamental disasters. And so what must be done immediately, since businesses are being shut down, millions of people are being laid off, is to get necessary liquidity, cash, to individuals and to businesses that were once doing fine, but now have no income and will go down unless that relief is provided. On the business side, that means the Federal Reserve uh, making loans with a facility that they can set up and are setting up, but uh, they must be vigorously expanding it to any company, uh, large company, medium-sized company, that was solvent before the crisis and uh, now faces a disaster because they no longer have income. They're forced to shut down uh, the necessary loans at an above-market interest rate to ride out the storm. And uh, the sooner they do that, the better. These companies need money now, and for smaller businesses, the Federal Reserve should tell bank regulators to back off and, in fact, urge banks, again, with small businesses, small uh, customers who were otherwise solvent to get them emergency loans to ride out the crisis on the individual side i think the administration is going in the right direction by proposing uh, sending out checks to people they want to do it in two steps april and may uh, they're working out the numbers now that's good uh, that gives people uh, wherewithal to pay bills like mortgages but they also should do a payroll tax holiday. You know, we all pay what they call FICA taxes Social Security, Medicare, and it comes to an overall tax of a little over 15%. They should suspend that to the end of the year. That does two things. One, it gives people immediately more income, and it also increases cash flow for businesses, and it also reduces the cost of labor for business. Uh, Let's say you're paying somebody $40,000 a year. You're paying about $3,000 if you're an employer in FICA tax. Uh, Suddenly, uh, uh, you don't have to pay that $3,000, so uh, the effective cost of your uh, worker goes down by $3,000. So uh, those simple, immediate, direct steps, not cheap, but uh, this virus crisis is costing the economy, they're going to cost the economy over $1.5 trillion.
1: When you have a crisis like this, oftentimes political pressures get elected officials to do stupid things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you're looking at, uh, and we're watching this in real time. Um, as you're looking at the administration, Secretary of the Treasury, uh, the Congress, Do you have confidence that
0: they are generally on the right track? I think they now sense the urgency. So they've done some useful steps and have urged the Fed to do some useful steps like backstopping money market funds. We don't need problems there right now. So those are useful. But they must, uh, I think, go and uh, they understand the need to get those checks out to uh, individuals. And uh, as a one-shot or two-shot form of relief for people under financial pressure, but uh, I think they must uh, do a couple of other big steps. So they're moving in the right direction. I just want them to get there faster because we got to move faster.
1: As you look around the world, I know that you have cited as an example of response to the crisis in a positive way uh, South Korea. Can you talk a bit about what has South Korea done that
0: we should emulate? Well, they recognized, well, first they were hard hit uh, for reasons we don't quite know yet. Uh, They uh, got uh, these, uh, the the virus hit them widespread pretty hard, but they reacted immediately. They uh, testing right away, and uh, so even though they were hard hit, It looks like they've uh, got their arms around it. By contrast, uh, the U.S. was very slow in recognizing what was happening. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, really was asleep at the switch. They weren't uh, very active in getting uh, and mobilizing private uh, laboratories and hospital laboratories, uh, getting the right kind of testing done. And uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, that, uh, in depth, pointed out how they were really, uh, really bad at this. They weren't doing what they should have done. The FDA also gets some knuckles wrapped. So does the Department of Health and Human Services. But uh, that's why we're only now beginning to do tests, the kind of tests that should have been done six weeks ago. And that's why there's so much uncertainty. Nobody knows uh, the extent of this thing. No, a lot of people who may have had it, we don't. They may not have known it. They may have thought it was just a bad flu. So, uh, unlike South Korea or even Taiwan, was very aggressive. They're right. Not, they're not very far from mainland China. They were very aggressive in uh, pursuing this thing, and they seem to have gotten their arms around it. So, uh, South Korea, for example, does more testing in a day. Uh, Than, until recently than we had done uh, for the entire year. And and South Korea is only one-seventh the population of the U.S. So it wasn't a lack of technology. It was just that, uh, sadly, uh, agencies, especially the CDC, that should have been on top of this, was not.
1: You've called for a 9-11 type of commission to investigate, These failures, especially, I think you called for to
0: investigate the CDC. Yes, and uh, the other agencies too, but uh, the CDC is primarily responsible. And we do this after a national, uh, when a government agency fails in a fundamental way. We did it after Pearl Harbor. Uh, We did it even during World War II, uh, that investigation of Pearl Harbor. We did it after 9-11. And the intelligence agencies clearly uh, uh, really failed us, uh, being siloed the way they were, so we didn't see this thing coming and unable to take preventive measures. So after a national disaster, we have a, have a history of examining what happened and taking steps to uh, try to prevent it in the future. And that's what we should do here in a very calm but uh, in-depth way uh, so that uh, we don't have bureaucracies getting... Uh, Once, you know, it's human nature, as you know, Alan, bureaucracies become inward-looking, inbred, and uh, lose sight of their mission. And uh, so we've got to take steps of try to ensure that doesn't happen again on something so fundamental as health and potential pandemics and epidemics. You know, one of the things that you have said,
1: um, along with your recommendation on the economy, you have said that... What we must keep in mind that we're making these temporary, these are temporary initiatives to get us through a crisis and not
0: policies that will remain far beyond the crisis. That is so important because in a crisis like this, there's the temptation of some who have agendas to put in stuff that should be debated uh, in a more uh, proper atmosphere. For example, we'll see if Congress undoes it, but they just passed a provision of mandated leave for small companies that is going to, uh, if they're not already out of business, will drive them out of business. They just can't afford it. And the people in Congress say, well, that's all right because in a year you can file for a tax refund. Well, they're not going to be around in a year. So uh, I hope they uh, stop that kind of stuff and just focus immediately. That's why I like those checks. It's one time. And it's not monthly, it's one or two times and that's it. That's why the loan facility, one-time loans, you, uh, you pay, companies have the incentive to pay them off as quickly as possible. And uh, that way, and, and the same with the payroll tax, let it uh, expire at the end of the year, the holiday, with the holidays you might say, and uh, that way we take care of the immediate crisis. It's like, let's say you have pneumonia, you take antibiotics, don't keep taking antibiotics when the pneumonia is over. So that's what we want to do here. Plot cures and then uh, when the crisis is passed, we uh, pick up uh, pick up, and um, try to move forward.
1: Steve, are there lessons that we should learn about uh, doing business or having relations with China? Um, given all the lessons that we should learn uh, from our experience now with this virus, uh, going
0: forward of how we deal with China? Well, I think uh, the key in dealing with China and the administration uh, pursued it certainly uh, more than uh, its predecessors is uh, one, making sure we have a strong and vibrant military uh, where that's now in train. And also though, that we have a very real presence in Asia. Make it very clear to China, you, may, Beijing may claim the South China Sea, fine. I can claim it too, but uh, the U.S. Navy will have uh, patrols there and a presence there that says no. These are international waters, and the Navy is there to make sure that those uh, that uh, openness is respected. And uh, you do those things. And then the other big thing, in addition to dealing with abuses like stealing of intellectual property, which uh, we've heard a lot about, is uh, having a strong and vibrant economy. One of the big things, and this is where uh, both Russia and China really have misread our country, our country's character, is after the 2008 crisis, they they both concluded that the U.S. was a country in decline. Now, I'm old enough to remember the 1970s when we heard the same kind of talk during the inflation time of the great inflation. People said, oh, American democracy, tired, self-indulgent, contracting. The military was falling apart. Nothing seemed to work. Couldn't even rescue hostages in Iran. And people, a lot of people concluded the U.S. uh, was just a giant that uh, was going to wither away. Reagan came along, President Reagan came along, and boom, uh, we went in the opposite direction as the dynamic power in the world, a positive example for the world. That's what we got to do again, uh, so that the Chinese will see, hey, we have our ups and downs, but a free people always knows how to rebound and move ahead and be innovative. They've got to see that firsthand, just as the Soviets learned it to their chagrin in the 1980s.
1: (laughs) You know, one of the things, you bring up the topic of freedom, and clearly one of the strengths of our society, and I am uh, in New York, I live in New York, and We have had both our governor and mayor, at times, as they're addressing a crisis, we fully understand that this is an unprecedented crisis. Um, They seem to be drunk with the idea that because they have bestowed upon themselves (laughs) tremendous powers, uh, where they can make all sorts of decisions in times of emergencies, that they... Are imposing a lot of restrictions on people. Some of them are certainly warranted. Others are questionable, like a complete lockdown of the city of New York. Uh, And uh, my question to you is how long do you think the American people are going to, in a sense, tolerate um, some very, very
0: tough measures on their freedoms. Well, the American people will uh, uh, tolerate that kind of uh, inconvenience, sacrifice, if uh, they think there's a real purpose for it, Uh, trying to prevent uh, tens of thousands of people dying from this disease, which we really don't fully understand yet. Still a lot of mystery about this one. And it came in conjunction with uh, the regulars, what you might call seasonal flu that we get every year to varying degrees. And uh, so uh, they, they will go along with uh, staying home, uh, trying to keep the kids from uh, killing each other <laughs> <and> fighting <laughs> with each other <laughs> for, 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 for a period, of, I think, of uh, you know two weeks, three weeks. But at some point, they have to see a change. At some point, they have to see soon that this is paying off that uh, we're making real progress, and then we've got to find ways to let people go back to work, let society resume again. This is where having those tests and kits uh, by the tens of millions, which we should have had by now, will be so helpful, because then we can know immediately uh, who's affected. We know, we'll know in in real ways uh, what percent of the population is likely to succumb what age groups they are, what uh, what uh, their characteristics are, so we can take a, a laser-like approach and uh, coping and dealing with this thing instead of uh, doing these sweeping things because we really don't have the information to be more focused. So people will tolerate it if they think it's necessary, but at some point the patients will wear out and say, okay, you got to do better. This is not satisfactory. And I think... Uh, the administration, when you compare its initial response, which was dreadful, and the urgency that they seem to have today, I think they're getting the message. I think Congress is getting the message. Regardless of your party, if people sense that you're not up to the task, they will uh, remove you. So I think uh, there's an urgency for creativity. And this also underscores something very important, because there was this big debate of socialism versus capitalism and uh, who's coming to the rescue on this who's coming up finding ways like gm to uh, do more ventilators uh, on an emergency basis it's the private sector who's doing the deliveries amazon private sector it's the private sector that is stepping up with uh, not only uh, helping with the crisis but coming up with ways uh, farm uh, medicines and uh, other things that can deal with the uh, ease the uh, flu i mean the virus in the meantime before you get a vaccine All of this is a creativity and nimbleness that comes from uh, free markets and free people.
1: You know, we have read and we have heard a great deal about how hard hit Italy is by this virus. And that the response of the Italian government and just the society in general has been one of getting overwhelmed by the spread of this disease. There have been some speculation and theories that uh, it started in the north of Italy, which so happened. And again, I don't think that we have enough information here, but uh, there there are a great deal of Chinese workers, frankly, from Wuhan, the section of China where this virus emanated from. And there's also been some commentary about the single payer healthcare system that Italy has that frankly isn't up to the task of dealing with emergencies like this without, and I don't expect you to have in depth information on the Italian situation. But another issue that has been discussed, especially in Democratic primaries, has been this idea of, of a single uh, a, a single payer system in healthcare versus um, our quote, capitalist system. Um, do you have any observations
0: on the healthcare part of this? Well, it was very amusing in that debate the other day between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders uh, one is hard left and the other is socialist light but I had a laugh when uh, when Joe Biden when Joe Biden said to uh, Bernie he said about Bernie's Medicare for all well look at Italy their single-payer system uh, is not working very well
1: that's something yeah.
0: you expect to hear from Donald Trump or something uh, <laughs> Joe Biden So I think uh, there's uh, even though a lot of people on the left hanker for a uh, government-dominated, controlled system, I think that uh, uh, there's no evidence yet that uh, in Europe uh, that kind of system has uh, really uh, performed the way you'd want it to perform. Italy was one of the worst. Britain is one of the worst. And uh, even in ones that do well, like Germany and France, they're they're, they're so hard hit. And... uh, Again, you want a kind of healthcare. You want uh, genuine free markets with effective safety nets, just like we have with agriculture. You know, we don't have governments running the, government running the farms in this country. Otherwise, we'd uh, we'd have no more obesity. We'd all be starving. Uh, you know, Russia and China tried government run agriculture, but uh, government is involved in agriculture more than I would like. But nonetheless, it's still in the hands of uh, farmers. And uh, so uh, people have problems, so we have a lot of innovation going on there, a lot of high-tech. We've had conferences on this, big stuff happening there. But the bottom line is uh, American productivity, entrepreneurship is at uh, warp speed, and yet we still have safety nets that people can't get the food, you know, whether it's uh, food stamps or uh, private initiatives like uh, food banks. So uh, why in the world can't we do that in healthcare? have a real free enterprise, real patient control? Uh, we, we have some, but not enough. And the proof of that, by the way, is, uh, you know, those robes they give you at a clinic or a ho- or, or, uh, hospital, you know, that look like they've been washed in your grandmother's day and uh, that uh, you can't figure out how to put on. And if you can, they're embarrassing. I mean, you know, no spa would give you something like that. So, uh, we, we'll, we get real patient control, real free markets, and effective safety nets. I think we'll have a system not like the one we have now, and certainly not like what you see in the rest of the world, most of the rest of the world, but one that in the future will be even more able to respond quickly to uh, this kind of a, a pandemic. I just, uh, I'd like to wrap up um,
1: by asking you we have. Um, because of our open world in the sense of a great deal of traveling, people moving more so than they ever have before around the world, um, because of the ability to do so in terms of technology uh, are we going are we experiencing a new norm? are we going to be faced with challenges, medical challenges, like this virus more so than we have in the past, and is this gonna bring some serious changes to our everyday lives? I know that's a speculative type of question, but... Um,
0: well, I well, think, think uh, the, uh, what we should take heart from is not that uh, we have things uh, unpleasantly happening in the world, but one recognized that, uh, looking at the disease front, you might say, uh, the world has long experienced uh, diseases going from one part of the world to another at a very rapid speed and uh, with uh, ugly consequences. Uh, take the bubonic plague back in 1347. I came out of Asia, got uh, landed with a ship in Marseille. with 18 months, one-third of Europe's population was dead. Uh, We're all learning again about the uh, influenza of 1918-1919 that took uh, 50 million people around the world, including over 500,000 in the U.S., because that thing spread rapidly throughout the country. So, we've had these things before, Uh, and uh, even when the Europeans came to the New World, uh, smallpox uh, brought smallpox from Europe, devastating to uh, the native populations. And uh, the native populations, I guess, got a bit of revenge by uh, apparently uh, sending syphilis back to uh, Europe. But uh, the, 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 these things do happen. But I think uh, the, what we should take uh, real encouragement from is, is we now have the means to detect these things when they start very quickly. And this is where China's going to get its knuckles wrapped. And I hope we do it in international forums because we'll find a very sympathetic audience. China's response to the, this latest coronavirus was a disgrace. They tried to cover it up. They In effect, to uh, be blunt, killed the doctors who were uh, trying to uh, bring it to uh, the attention of the authorities and to the world. And uh, they, they they tried to just wash their hands of it and pretend it didn't happen. And they have, uh, talk about chutzpah, to blame us for this uh, just is uh, too much. And uh, so... Uh, We have the means to uh, prevent these things from getting out of hand, as happened in the past. But it does mean that if you want to become part of the global economy, as China does, by golly, you've got to learn to play by the rules. And if you don't, there should be very real consequences.
1: Well, Steve Forbes, I want to thank you for an extremely informative uh, conversation about our current situation, especially on the economic front and I want to invite you back to one of our podcasts anytime you want to share your thoughts with an audience.
0: Terrific, Alan. Really appreciate it, and uh, thank you, and congratulations on the great work you're doing in spreading the good word around.
1: Excellent. Well, we're going to spread your word around (laughs) far and wide, (laughs) guaranteed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Stay well.
0: Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Code Red Podcast. Be sure to click subscribe to stay up to date and be the first to hear about our future podcast. You can also find and subscribe to the Code Red Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube.